welcome to the Principles of Success podcast. This is your host, Dr. Shana Henry. This podcast is for current or aspiring female school leaders and those who are supportive of their journeys. Each week, we will hear from passionate educational leaders. I will also share my reflections from over 15 years as a school leader. Together, we will talk about how to level up our schools and our leadership. For today's episode, I am joined by Principal Kimberly Gibbs from Atlanta, Georgia. She is a leader with an unwavering bar of excellence, and you will soon hear why. Today, we chat about how she messages her vision and the actions behind it. Here we go. Principal Kim Gibbs, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. I am so excited to have this conversation with you today. So uh, let's get started, shall we? Yes. Okay. Now, I know a little bit about you, and I'm I, that's why I'm so excited to have you on the show, because you are a dynamic leader. But can you give our listeners insight into who you are? Um, yes. I am the very proud principal of a middle school in Atlanta, Georgia, in Atlanta Public School System. I have been principal of this particular school since July. However, um, I came from Delaware. I was in Delaware for 20 years where I finished my undergrad and graduate's degree. And I ended up being an elementary school teacher for about five years. Then I was a middle school teacher. And then I was an elementary school administrator as assistant principal. Then I became a middle school principal, which is the best thing ever. I absolutely love it. This is year 20 for me in education. So I am ecstatic to be able to share year 20 at home where I was born and raised. Yeah. You know, middle school leadership, it's either for you or not. Yes. Very true. Very true. Takes a special kind of someone. Absolutely. Teachers too, right? Like it's, it's either middle or or not. It just. We're the middle child of all learning. So true. So true. So I'm really curious. You've been at your school now for just a few months and it's such an interesting time where we're still recovering from COVID and all those things. What's, what's been your messaging or your own vision as you enter the school? I just want people to want to come to work and want to come to school in my building every single day. It is just my favorite thing in the whole world is to share all of the learning and passion I have about education with my students and my staff and my families. So I really just want them to want to be there. Like, I literally get up at 530 every morning and like, I cannot wait to get there. Kids don't arrive till nine. Staff doesn't arrive till 845. I'm there at 7 a.m. because I am ready. I am preparing for the day. I am thinking about what positive impact I can have on them today and what things can I change to make us even better than we were yesterday. Mm -hmm. Now, I know we we had chatted before this podcast to, to get to know one another. And one of the things I was so struck by was three months in and you are a leader that's saying, you know what, I, I know I'm going to work on my culture and creating that environment, but I'm also going to keep the bar high and my high expectations are going to be there. Yeah. So I'm an instructional leader first. Mm-hmm. So it is very important that I build a po- positive climate, but it's 
even more important that my kids walk out with something. Um, they they walk out better than when they came, whether that's um, social, emotional, achievement wise, they have to come out better. So I, I kind of make it my mission everywhere I go that, yes, I'm going to have a good, positive climate, but I'm also going to raise the bar on the rigor. I'm also going to expect very high instruction in my classrooms. And that can be tough. That can be a very tough balance. Yeah. yeah. It, it can be a tough balance, but I also think it's tough coming in new, right? Because I feel like the undertones we hear and some, sometimes very directly yes. just go in and don't change anything, don't do anything. And yes, but also just build relationships. Don't worry about instruction. That's usually what we hear. Yes. For you, not Worst so much, advice right? I ever got in my life. Yes. Worst advice I ever got right. about being a new leader is don't go in and change anything. Just sit there for a year and listen. Yeah, this is my second school being principal at. And at both, I've changed just about everything. <laughs> it has to fit who you are as a leader, but you also have to hear where things may have gone sour for people or where yeah. things may need to look different. So um, I actually had a staff member come up to me after my first staff meeting in August, because we've been in school since August 1st. And he said, you keep saying like, I know guys, I'm, I don't want to change too much. He said, change everything. But he said, we have to do something different. Mm. And I said, you're right. The data shows that it, we're doing the same thing. Like at what point do we want the data to look different? Mm-hmm. So, yes, that was the worst advice I ever got. So I'll tell you as a leader, yeah. change whatever you feel you need to change as long as you're listening to your stakeholders. Make sure you're listening to your stakeholders. Yeah, I think that's so important because I, I do believe we do a disservice to our community when we believe that they want everything to stay status quo, right? And so as we come in and we're talking to them and we're saying what's working well, but also what would you like to see different? And they have a lot of ideas. They do. Like when I came in and I said, okay, we, I send text messages for your birthday. And they were like, you do? But that to me is like a tiny thing. Yeah. Of course I send text messages for your birthday. If I could give all of you a birth a gift card, I would. You know, we celebrate everything. We celebrate birthdays. We celebrate next week is SEL week. We're going to celebrate SEL week. We celebrate donut day, whatever it is that we can celebrate to make it feel like this is a place I want to come every day. We celebrate it. Um, last week, my students wear uniforms. Last week, I just gave out random candy. I was like, oh, you have your uniform on. And they were so excited. Like, 12, 13, 14 year olds were excited to receive this little bitty piece of candy because they, I recognized that they were doing the right thing. Right. I'm curious about what your actual messaging is like to first your staff, but to your community also that I'm new, but also you may start to experience some shifts, some changes. Like yeah. what does that look and sound like? Yeah. I mean, that's the biggest piece is um, before me, they had a school leader that had been part of that school for 13 years. Mm-hmm. So I'm coming in and I have these fresh new ideas and they're like, you're from Delaware. 
where is Delaware? What do you know about <laughs> education? But the first thing I did was I had to gain that level of trust. So yes. especially with my staff, before I started going in, giving them intentional instructional feedback, I first went in and told them all the wonderful things they're doing. Even if it was from the arrangement of their classroom, um, the way they spoke to my students, I highlight them in my instructional newsletter. It might be a little bitty blurb and I'll say, you know, thank you, Miss So-and-so, because I really love the way that you were so empathetic with your student today while I was in there. Or I love the way that your scholars raise their hand and are so excited to answer the questions. That shows a lot about you creating an environment for risk taking. So I first had to build, build that level of trust. I let them know we don't have a whole lot of time for me to build that level of trust. So I just need you to trust me. I'm going to go in this walk with you. A few times when I've had to give some really intentional improvement and growth feedback, I'll say in there when I send them the email or I send them the feedback, I'll say, I'm come, I'll come in there with you. Tell me what you want me to do. Do you want me to demonstrate it for you? Um, because modeling is that biggest piece for them. I want them to know that I'll clean the bathroom. You'll see me cleaning up trash in the hallway. I'll go to lunch duty. I'm at every bus and morning and afternoon duty. Every transition I'm out in the hallway because I want them to know that I'm in this with you. I'm not just going off to this beautiful corner office in the sky and not sitting here and going through the trenches with you. Mm -hmm. Even when I lead my little meetings, I'll lead them. I'll make sure I start with the norms, start with the connection before content, because those are my expectations for you to do in your classroom. I want to make sure that you see that I'm doing them with you. Yeah, I'm I'm really curious, too, as you're talking about that, I'm thinking, where does she find the time to do all of this? Because we say three months, but part of that was actually preparation to open the school. So you haven't been in school for three months, yet you've no. done all of this. So yeah. how does that look like? Because you are must, you're working at exponential speed to be able to do that. How do you balance that? It is a tough balance. I'm not, yeah. I, I would be doing you a disservice if I told you it wasn't, but I do have blocks of time. I make sure I block times off in my calendar. I make sure that, okay, for these two hours, I'm only devoting this to classroom instruction. These two hours, I need to devote to catching up on my email. So really managing and organizing my time and laying it out as if it is a daily schedule for me, just like I want the staff and the kids to have a daily schedule. I want my to have a daily schedule as well. So really laying it out. I do devote weekend time. I'm not, I do. I'll, I'll Sundays after I watch church, I go on to my computer and I devote that to my two or three hours of organizing my life for mm -hmm. when I get ready to go in on Monday morning. That morning time, that's that time where no one's in there. That's my time to kind of debrief and think about things. I do a walk of my school. Like I need to make sure that this is a safe place before my staff and my students come in. I need to make sure that the bathrooms have toilet paper, like just simple things like that. But they know that I do that. And I think that right there shows them like she cares about us. She doesn't just care about what we are doing inside the classroom instructionally. She cares about us as people. Mm -hmm. I'm curious too, what, do, what is that communication about um, you coming in? Like, I'm going to set the bar high. I'm going to work on culture. How does that look to parents? How are you relaying that message and vision to them? 
parent of course parents love that because they're always yeah. about like what happens next how do you raise the bar i started by having a lot of parent meetings i did popsicles with the principal it was mm-hmm. a thousand degrees outside and we were outside in my blazer meeting parents just giving out popsicles letting them know who i am i let them follow me on social media I want you to follow me on Twitter. I want you to see what what I am, that I'm a real person. However, mm-hmm. I do really care about what happens in my building. But I also tell them I need their support. So we have monthly parent events. And those events, I encourage them to come. The more they come into our building, the more they get to see that we're just regular, normal people <laughs> and yeah. that we care about their their scholars, the more they want to, the more they want to give to us, the more they raise the bar at home. So we have monthly parent events. They range from bingo to grandparents tea. This week we have a grandparents tea for grandparents who are raising their children. Um, we are having a Bridgerton tea in the spring, but anything we can get to have them to come in and learn more about what we do. Mm -hmm. Um, I make sure that my budget and my money is spent on providing opportunities for our parents to be more engaged. The reason why they are the way they are in a lot of places is because they don't feel welcome. They don't Mm -hmm. feel like this is a place where they can come anytime. They pop up. I meet with them. That's just what we do. And sometimes we have to listen to what they need first before we make any decisions on what we yeah. need because they know their scholars best. Right. And you mentioned you did a lot of just parent listening sessions. So were those small groups? I'm really curious about the structure of those. So we started, we did some with grade levels. So we would do it as a great level. And usually we would do them on Zoom or we were doing them in person. Usually you get about 30 or 40 families at a mm-hmm. time of, of a school of 800. So I have 800 students. You would get about 30 or 40 families. But we change up the events. The events have to be things that they're interested in. So when I'm at a football game, I'm having conversations with parents. I'm not afraid to say, no, I'm at the football game. We're watching football. no. I'm, I'm talking to them about what they need to talk about. Just this morning, I was at a cross-country meet. Parent emailed me and I said, hey, let's have that discussion real quick. Do you mind while we're waiting on the awards? And just making sure that I know who they are, that they know that I'm present and that I'm listening to them. So we do them in a variety of ways. We've had whole group ones. We've had small classroom ones. We were having an issue in a classroom and we did a small restorative circle on Zoom with parents. So we've done it in all different types of ways, whatever the parents feel like they need. I have a great PTA. So my PTA will tell me this is what we need. Mm -hmm. We need you to do this. I call them my PR reps. They're like, we need you to do this. We need you out there. Here's what our parents are feeling. And so I'll call a Zoom on a Sunday at 6 p.m. real quick to clear up anything we need to clear up. And shout out to your PTA president. Let's just get this on record right now. He really is your PR rep because (laughs) I said, I need some amazing female leaders. And she said, I know one for sure. She is after only knowing me for three months. (laughs) That speaks volumes of you, Principal Gibbs, seriously. Thank you. So I'm curious, what do you anticipate as roadblocks for this year as you look ahead? So we we are a school that... Our achievement scores are in a place where we can do better. 
the pandemic has put us, and I know you've probably heard this a thousand times, the pandemic has put us in such a tough place. Like our staff, our parents are emotionally drained from all the things that they've had to deal with. But, and our kids are academically behind. So we have a lot of work to do. I am in classrooms more than I'm not. Um, my, my teachers get one walkthrough a week. We're talking, I'm in their classroom 10 to 15 minutes a week. Not just me. I have coaches. I have assistant principals. And we are making sure we're hitting every room, providing some very specific intentional feedback. That's a shift for them. They haven't had that in a few years because we've been really caring about their emotional state that we didn't want to overwhelm them. Well, I've I've been very open and anybody that knows me is like, yep, she has about my communication to them. We don't, we don't have time for that. We're in a state of emergency. Here's what we're using as a curriculum. Here's what we need to do. Let me know how I can support you. You need a day out the classroom to get caught up. Fine. I'll put, I'll put a substitute in there. I have some, some paraprofessionals I can add as support. I'll come in there and support, but we have to get this done. Where is your area of weakness? Where do you need support? I send them emails. I expect them to respond. I'm asking questions like I need to know what your grouping looked like, because here's what I saw. Tell me how you decided that this was the group that your kids would be in. Mm -hmm. Tell me how you decided to end the lesson with this particular exit ticket. I always say to my assistant principal, because he's very like lovey, he, he, he really loves that piece of of the job. And I say to him, there is no progress without conflict. And sometimes people not going to always love what you say, but the only way to make change is being specific about the data. I hold up data every meeting I have. Okay, guys, end of the marking period. We got 60% of our kids have C's, D's and F's here, or 60% of our kids are still not proficient on our state exam. What do we need to do to change? How do we change this? So we, we, I am very intentional. I am very yeah. open, very direct. In what well, you're, very, you're very clear, yes. right? There, there is no guessing what your expectations no. or your intended outcomes are going to be. And clarity is kindness. We hear that, right? So I love it. I, I love everything you stand for. And I've, I feel like, People are going to take away a lot from this. I hope sure. so. I mean, one of the things that I want people to know is um, I also care about their time. So yeah. one of the ways that I give back to them a little bit is I'm like, okay, so for the next two weeks, you guys are a little overwhelmed. Forget about your meetings during PLC. We're counseling them during your planning period. We're counseling them all. I need you to take some time and I need you to just focus on what you need to focus on. Get mm-hmm. caught up on your work. But I also tell tell people who are putting information out there, one pager. They laugh at me all the time. If you see on Twitter, they'll be like, Miss Gibbs, here's a cute little one pager for you. Everything is communicated in one page. People don't read past one page. Yeah. So my instructional newsletter, one page. Mm-hmm. You know, my core values about what I feel about my school, our, we call it our king one pager. It's one page. All I want you to know is everything I need you to know about this particular thing is on one page. That's great. 
That's amazing. All right, Kim, we like to wrap up with our fast five. So let's go. You have not seen these. We're going to go fresh. No, I'm and nervous. What we come up with. <laughs> Favorite leadership book? Thinking in Bits. Okay. I've never heard of that one. It's Favorite really- app? Probably by Twitter. Okay. I love it. That's how we connected. So I, yes. I, I did that. Best Amazon find for work. Um, okay. So I have this obsession with pineapples and Amazon has a lot of pineapple decor for your office. Yeah. So probably my best find because you can get stuff for like two ninety nine. dollars <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Who doesn't love a good pineapple? <laughs> uh, favorite song to put you in a good mood. Anything by Miguel and Wale. I know, don't judge me, but those are two no of my judgment. favorite this artists. Is no judgment zone. <laughs> Not at all. All right. One tip you would tell your first year principal self. Don't be afraid to make changes that you need to make. Mm-hmm. And go in and love everything that you do every single day. So good. All right, Kim, if listeners want to connect with you, how should they do so? On Twitter. That's my favorite app. It's Kim O. Gibbs, and that's it. It's just Kim O. Gibbs, and that's how you can find me on Twitter. Kim, thank you so much for this time together. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be able to do this for you. A huge thank you to Principal Kim Gibbs for joining us today. She is no doubt a leader with vision and passion. Kim is sharing some of her resources with us and you can check them out on our website at principlesofsuccess.com. Just visit this episode. Thank you for listening. Until next time, this is Dr. Shana Henry with the Principles of Success podcast.